Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. My name is Arti Ramamurthy. I am an angel investor, product advisor, co-host of The Good Time Show. I'm based in San Francisco. I mean, I think what you said, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Look around you physically. I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, especially in this world of creator economy, they start thinking about communities as this online first, online centric uh, entity. And that doesn't it's, it's true, but it doesn't always have to be just that it's not exclusive. Um, you can just look around physically in your neighborhood. How do you support your neighborhood? You know, how do you support your local stores, coffee shops, like you said? I think it starts there from like a local standpoint. Um, if you're looking at online communities, um, uh, you know, one thing that I'd like to I, I'd like to focus on is find similarities, not differences. Mm. And the world has become so polarized where it's so easy to to come together because uh, there are a few people who all despise something or hate something or, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. And you you can you can come together because you love something and you find something similar to each other, which is, uh, you know, which provides meaning. And it could be a, you know, a new hobby that you picked up. It could be a book club. It could be anything that's just similar to each other. Um, and I think, you know, that those could be like a really good first steps towards finding communities. Yeah. And, you know, this, I think the secret sauce, so to speak, and this is your, everybody's going to roll their eyes. I genuinely think the secret sauce to being a community builder is genuinely caring. It, I think so. Yeah. Don't look for thought leadership. Don't look for ego. Genuinely care. And that yeah. will change all your choices and decisions on how you, how you lead. I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think it's about like being authentic, uh, not trying to like, you know, be somebody else, but also I think truly coming from a place of wanting to serve others mm-hmm. um, and wanting to um, do better for the ecosystem, for the community overall. And I, I know it sounds like such a cliche, but when you come from a point of uh, doing service or for paying it forward, I think then I think at some point you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about everybody else rising up and like the tide rising overall. And I think that is kind of where, you know, lies true happiness. Completely, completely agree. You've moved out of being part of these huge tech companies to being an investor and and to being a content creator and Mm -hmm. to doing your own thing. What's that been like? And what have you taken with you from these corporate experiences that have really helped empower you in living the independent life now? 
Uh, it's been really interesting. I think working on products like, you know, Facebook communities, Facebook groups, creator payments tools, monetization, that kind of thing. Uh, and then now being a creator um, and, you know, I'm still very firmly entrenched in tech. Uh, I think for me, it gives me this perspective of seeing, you know, both sides of the equation, because while I was working on Facebook groups, I was not a creator, you know, I was building all these creator tools. But without being one, it's kind of hard to see how exactly the tools that I, I had been building are being mm. leveraged. And now I have that perspective. And I feel like now it's made me much more well-rounded mm. and made me much more empathetic towards what it takes to be a creator, especially if you're a creator who looks to being a full-time creator for sustenance. You know, this is kind of what you do uh, for a livelihood on a day-to-day basis. I think, you know, there are lots of uh, avenues, lots of social media platforms, uh, but there are also lots and lots of challenges. And I think uh, now it's just given me much better perspective as uh, as a person who's both built the technology and also is now been uh, is a creator. I just feel like I, I have there's just more nuance to thinking on what it takes to build tools for creators now. Hi, I'm April and Alter, CEO of Tenderfoot, a platform to connect students with internships at startups and other non-traditional opportunities based in Lisbon, Portugal. So my startup, Tenderfoot, it started as a side project back even when I was working on in my full-time job. The idea there, which is like how it started and is continued with the vision, is to connect students with internships at startups, with creators, with nonprofits and really with any other types of non-traditional opportunities. The whole idea is that like as like a fresh graduate out of a top university, I realized that so much of the top talent was going into big finance, big tech, big law. And most of those places were only services for other companies. So in general, not very much new value was being created in the world. A lot of the new value was coming from startups, um, from creators, from builders. And most of the top talent was being recruited into somewhere else because that's where a lot of the money was. And I saw this and I saw so many of my peers, my classmates, even myself, heck, like I also originally sold my soul to corporate finance. Um, Being pulled in this direction, I thought, gosh, if only there were a way, there were a way for more students to see how much is possible beyond the scope of what is normalized. And internships were a great way to do this because they're pretty low stakes. You can go to an internship and if you love it, that may change your life. And if you hate it, hey, you know that that's not for you and it was only a summer, that's okay. So that's kind of where it started. And what is it now? What, why would we come to you? Yeah. Okay. So Tenderfoot has changed a bit since then. There are so many different ups and downs and switched co-founders partway through and different types of like visa sagas. And how things stand today is we've done the customer validation. We've done the idea validation as well. And we have made some revenue just to like test it out, just to see, hey, our company is able to, like, our company is willing to spend money on finding a top tier intern and really understanding what are they looking for. After that validation step was done, that was really when we when we said, okay, now it's time to build. Right now, Tenderfoot is a little bit more in stealth mode because I'm spending this year 
traveling and my co-founder is spending the year actually like working at a different company just so he can build up enough runway to be able to not have to work for maybe a year or a year and a half without worrying about money. So he's doing that right now. I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing and we're working on Tenderfoot kind of on the side currently until we're getting back together in person about a year from now. So my focus for this stage is to prepare as much as I can to get to a point where we're ready to either raise or apply to, like say, Y Combinator a year from now. Um, get everything that I can to put us in the best spot to do that at that point. And kind of like strategizing, what can I do now? What should I be doing now? What should I be learning now? What should I be building now to get us to that point? Almost every day, we have new people signing up for our waiting list. It's just like a, it, it just it blows my mind. And it really tells me that startups and students really want this and they really need this. And every single day, more just pulled to make my progress and get to the point like I cannot wait until my co-founder and I are back together in person building just looking forward to that day hi this is Marina McGilco co-founder of Linguatrip I'm based in the Bay Area yeah the thing is with Instagram my audience is so different. Like there are people who subscribe because they're learning English with me. Some people subscribe because they just followed my Russian channel. Some people subscribe because of Silicon Valley Girl, because I have so many personalities. Like my Instagram is very diverse. And uh, figuring out subscription means having a clear offer. Like I'm going to teach you, I don't know, whatever, YouTube. Uh, So I didn't have any clear offer because I don't have a specific theme on my Instagram. It's just documenting my life. Yeah. So People from different backgrounds started subscribing and it was really hard to create content that was would satisfy all of them. So I started doing live streams, Q&As. But at the end of the day, I realized I'm actually posting the same content that I would have posted to everyone yeah. and why hide it behind the paywall. And so I just honestly told them that this is not working for me and uh, I will I will just start posting everything for everyone. Um, but I think some people are still subscribed because they just wanted to support. And I like this I would use it in this way but yeah. if your Instagram is it has a very specific topic then definitely it could be replacing your course it could be yeah. like replacing your masterminds or like paid group chat do you have a singular thing that led to the growth of your channel that you saw when you were just kind of starting out and then you're like oh I did this and it really propelled the the success of subscribers and views For me, it's always telling a genuine story Mm. of how I did something, how I failed, just just documenting, basically. I think when I try to create videos for the algorithm, like top seven income streams (laughs) you can build in 2020, I get bored and my audience gets bored. That's the thing. Sometimes you do them because... And I I would say 70% of my videos, I love them. I'm excited. But 30% is discipline. Right. Because I try to create three long videos a week. And sometimes you're not in the mood. But I created the schedule for myself, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, I realized that sometimes I make videos just because I want to keep to my schedule. I think telling a genuine story is is the best video ever. And can you share with us so like we could leave this room and think, okay, I have a better understanding on how to craft an effective story. What's Mm -hmm. something you recommend we think about? Um, I think every 
piece of content is already out there. And sometimes we're like, oh, I have this unique story, but then it actually comes down to something that people are already talking about. So it, it's all about just going out there on YouTube and Googling like how to take Gmail or like how yeah. to take Hobo, et cetera. Just putting the right title, I think it makes the whole difference. I remember I was doing a podcast with Ali Abdal and he told me something that was like so mind blowing. He said he, he did a video how I start about how he started writing online and he titled it how I started writing online and it was about blogging, etc. And it was 10 out of 10. You know how YouTube ranks your videos yeah. against the other ones. So it was 10 out of 10 was not performing. And he added, so he changed the title completely. The video was completely the same, but the title was now how writing online made me a millionaire. And this is now his best performing video. Wow. You see like this small, like millionaire, like it, it always yeah. performs. And if you if you watch like business or investment uh, creators like Graham Stephan or Andre Jake, like they always have a millionaire like in one of their titles at least once a month, just because it works. And so you see like just adding one word to your title can change the trajectory of the whole video. So just look for those smaller cues. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.